Hey everyone, it's Josh, the producer of Unorthodox, and I'm bringing you another little bit of us while we're all facing some uncertainty. As you might have already heard, we're going to put a few things in this feed on days that we're not running a regular episode just to help us all feel a little bit more connected. It's kind of like what millennials call self-care. If you heard last night's, you know Liel kind of did a Kabbalat Shabbat service, complete with a musical act. It showed up here in the feed, or if you saw the link in our Facebook group, you even got to see Liel's lustrous beard with his library as a backdrop. Tonight, no video. Trust me, you don't want it. Um, but I am going to respond to Liel's Friday offering with my own take on a Saturday night tradition, Havdalah. Now, Havdalah, which marks the end of Shabbat, is sort of a doorway back into the mundane from the sacred. People traditionally celebrate with some spices, some wine, and a candle. And in that sense, I, I am going to try to bring you a little light as the sun goes down. Feel free to grab a glass of wine with it, because I'm going to, and I'll wait for you here. Now, first up, I want to give you a little update from the Facebook group, which is definitely not the sacred and probably closer to profane. If you're caught up on episodes, you'll know that this past week there was a little disagreement. Mark and Liel said we shouldn't be shipping 94-year-old Nazi war criminals back to Europe. Stephanie and I definitely felt the other way. And the Facebook group had thoughts. Now... I'll be honest, I was happy most of you came down on Stephanie and my side, um, but there was one response that I think actually sums up our approach to dealing with all the sorts of things we do at Unorthodox, and so I'd like to actually read that one from you. It comes from listener Shauna Harris, who Stephanie will tell you she's of the Facebook group, and she's borderline our Boston correspondent. She writes, I love, 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 that's four loves, that Liel and Mark took the positions that they did, because where else will you find people so willing to exercise mercy of their own slaughterers because the inhumanity of it is just intolerable? I love it. I love this. I love shouting at my speaker and shaking my fist to the heavens at Liel and Mark for their opinions on this. It was a beautiful moment for me. I respect everyone on this pod and cherish these opportunities for enlightening discourse, but also the humanity that shines through it. I dig it. Good job to everyone. You're all golden. Thank you so much for being so wholesome. Now, first of all, wholesome is never an adjective that has ever before or should ever again be used to describe any of us, but thanks. Um, but I really, 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 really love this comment because, yes, Mark and Liel were wrong, in my opinion, and I was probably extremely wrong, and so was Stephanie and theirs. But we left the room, and then we went back to working together on doing all the things that were right. We all thought each other were wrong, but we're still friends and we're still trying to get stuff done. And um, that's sort of the essence of what this show is. It doesn't matter whether we disagree about things. We're all trying to just get along. And as corny as that sounds, it's pretty much the only way we're all going to survive, right? So, so once again, thanks, Shauna, for catching on what we're putting down. Another thing I wanted to talk about tonight is that, you know, something we're all thinking about right now is how society's handling closing of things. Can we go to the movies? Who's going to the supermarket? Should we go to restaurants that are suffering, but you know people are afraid to be out in community? How are we socially distancing ourselves, and how does that impact everyone else? Now, my kids go to the New York City public schools, and explicitly the only reason they haven't been shut down is in a school system with over a million kids, there's over 100,000 that depend on the school system for at least one meal a day. There's really that many children that might go hungry if the schools weren't there. And so whether or not I think schools should be closed, and I do think the schools should be closed, the big debate is over how are those kids going to get fed. And it's not any different for college students. Hunger among college students has long been an issue, even before coronavirus was forcing pretty much all the colleges to shut down. It's a real challenge to make sure students of all ages 
still are able to get enough to eat when their campuses or schools are shut down. So you might remember back in February of 2019, we ran a live show that we had recorded in Los Angeles. One of the three guests there was Rachel Sumek, who had started Swipe Out Hunger, an organization that is dedicated to making sure they address food insecurity on college campuses, something we may not have even all realized there was, but there definitely is an issue that some students worried where they were going to get their meals in between going to classes. So, of course, she was the first person we thought to call when we were trying to think through what it meant that kids would be potentially missing meals. So Stephanie gave her a ring. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? I am okay. How are you doing? We are taking it day by day. So you run Swipe Out Hunger, which is an amazing organization. We've had you on the show before. You've talked about the work you do helping feed um, food insecure students on campus, on college campuses. What happens now that college campuses are closed, basically? So more than 200 institutions have canceled their classes or moved entirely online. Um, a, A couple of days ago, this was only 30. So we see this happening across the country. Campuses are shutting down. Um, and that means that some students are able to go back home um, and some students don't maybe have somewhere to go or some students are going back into situations where they can't afford meals. They were previously relying on a meal plan or resources on campus to provide them meals. So, I mean, this sucks for everyone. I have so many friends whose kids are graduating this year and the uncertainty just as far as like losing so much joy that comes with being in school Um, And we're super empathetic to that. And also thinking about how we respond to students that are now losing their regular access to food and to housing um, as this campus is shut down. What can we do to help them? This is a great question. Um, What we're already seeing on campus is that students who are there are stepping up in the most inspiring ways. They're um, standing outside of dining halls. There are or restaurants on campus and giving away free meal passes. Our students from Swipe Out Hunger across the country have not been afraid. They've been finding hope through action. And so if anyone else is looking for a way to stay inspired, to stay hopeful, we encourage you to write a letter to your alma mater or to your current campus, urging them um, to consider the needs of students. We have a template for this letter. If you go to swipehunger.org slash COVID-19, COVID-19, um, you'll find a ton of resources, a template to send to your campus with all the considerations they should be making during this time. You'll find um, a webinar that we're hosting, bringing students together. Um, you'll find resources for whatever city you're in, a list of resources you can share with students in your city um, so that they can find resources. There's a lot that we can do right now to help um, and to make sure that people know that we're thinking about them. Rachel, you are an incredible human, and I'm just so glad that we have you out there helping all these people. A question I have is, you know, in New York City at the time that we're recording this, they haven't canceled public schools. And that's because so many, I think 100,000 students in public schools in New York City are dependent on the meals that they get in those schools. Um, How do we navigate the fact that, like, I, I completely agree, I don't want those kids to go without food, but also it feels like we should maybe be closing the schools for the larger health risks. Yeah, I mean, I'm in Los Angeles where the entire LAUS school system has shut down um, what we've seen happen is I mean it's there's no there's no easy choice here it's two really tough choices we are seeing our leadership be really thoughtful about this so I have no doubt that New York will do the same thing LA has done which is as they announce that schools will be shut down also share a list of places that people can get free and reduced meals so 
we're seeing maps be shared of how you can find meals for your um, for your students, for your kids. Um, and I mean, I'm a part of my faith community at ECAR. We're organizing ways to double up on childcare for parents who can't stop working. Um, we're seeing a lot of institutional response, but I think at this time, we'll also need a lot of communal response. Our leadership might not be moving as fast as um, we can. Rachel, thank you so much. Um, I feel like even talking to you, I feel reassured that that things will be okay. And I think we just got to stay talking to each other. I closed out my team meeting yesterday by asking folks how they plan to stay hopeful or find some joy. Um, and being able to call a friend and just check in on them is the number one way to start. Um, so thank you for calling and asking. And um, I encourage everyone to go to swipehunger.org slash COVID-19 to find other ways that they can help support students in their community. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you, Stephanie. For more about Rachel and Swipe Out Hunger, go to swipehunger.org. That's S-W-I-P-E-H-U-N-G-E-R dot org. Now, the other thing I should let you know is that phone conversation was recorded from Stephanie's living room. By getting Stephanie fully set up to record interviews, both in person and over the phone from home, I think I may have just created an absolute monster. I keep getting text messages about, oh, I want to interview this person now and that person and that person. So at least we won't be short on content, if nothing else. So now I'm going to let you all go. I've got a lot more panic shopping and panic cooking to do and get started with the panic eating. But hopefully we'll all get a chance to have a breath Have a glass of wine, light some incense, light a candle, and relax just a little bit. Now, if you have anything you need to tell us, don't hesitate to email us at unorthodox at tabletmag.com, or even better, record us a voice memo on your phone and email that to unorthodox at tabletmag.com. Shalom, friends. Shalom, friends.